Today with Catherine Ruinala. And I wanted to share with you today from Psalm 55, if you've got your Bibles. Hallelujah. Psalm 55 here is really interesting. David is having one of those moments and he says, Oh, that I had the wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Behold, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. That's verse six of Psalm 55. And it's a really interesting Psalm. But a lot of us, when we face difficulties, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel surrounded, you know, I remember when I was younger and, and there was a whole lot going on and I was just genuinely depressed. I would have these random thoughts of, if I could just, I, if I could go to Siberia, I'd be thinking like the furthest place away from here. Maybe if I could just run away to Siberia and we could just start again and uh, be away from everything. And you know, I think a lot of people at some time in their life have had these thoughts. If I could just get a f as far away from here as possible, maybe things would be better. But we know that problems don't disappear just because we run away. But it is a real feeling. And this Psalm was written by David um, when he was facing the situation with his son Absalom. And for those of you who've read uh, 2 Samuel and you know this story, you'll know that um, Absalom had won the hearts of the people and then he usurped the throne, which was such a, a sad, sad situation. And Ahithophel, David's close advisor, betrayed David and went over to Absalom's side. And, and David was brokenhearted about it and that commentators would say that this psalm was most likely written with David thinking about how he felt betrayed by Ahithophel. Um, and interestingly, Ahithophel was also Bathsheba's grandfather. And if you know the story of David and Bathsheba, David committed adultery with Bathsheba. Her husband Uriah was actually one of David's mighty men. And, um, and David had him murdered. He had him set out on the front lines and then instructed uh, Joab to pull everybody back so that Uriah would be killed. It was a terrible, terrible story. And Ahithophel was actually Bathsheba's grandfather. And so when Absalom betrayed David and um, usurped the throne, Ahithophel at that point uh, went over and joined David. So let's have a look at this psalm. He says, give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Give heed to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint and I am surely distracted. You know, isn't that an interesting thing to know that you know, this great king, this one, this man after God's own heart, he was distracted by the, the things going on around him. He was disquieted in his soul. He was, it says, restless in his complaint. And that's why I love the Psalms. They're so real, they're so raw, they're so vulnerable. And we can get to a place where we are just feeling out of peace, where we're feeling restless in our um, anxiety and all that's going on. And that's exactly where David was right there. He says, because of the voice of the enemy, because of the pressure of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me and in anger they bear a grudge against me. Well, we know that Ahithophel 
did bear a grudge against David. My heart is in anguish within me and my terrors of death and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me and horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had the wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Behold, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hasten to a place of refuge from the stormy wind and the tempest. And I so relate to David. I understand that sense of, oh, I just want it to all go away. I want to run away. Have you ever felt like that? Well, you know, I look at that, but then I think there's also another way to interpret this cry, oh, that I had the wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Surely I would wander far away, I would lodge in the wilderness. And I think he would have had um, some really amazing encounters with God as a boy in the wilderness looking after the sheep. And he, he found God in the wilderness. He had beautiful times there. And then I think about the wings of a dove and I think about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit actually in the middle of trouble puts a cry in our hearts to say, if I could just go to that secret place where I could be alone with God, where I would have peace, where I could worship Him alone face to face. And you know, the Holy Spirit has such a secret place available to us no matter what is going on. Even when our enemies are surrounding us, even when we are in fear and trembling and even horror is overwhelming us, like David said here, we have an opportunity to mount up like wings as eagles. We have the opportunity to let the Holy Spirit lift us up and take us into the place where we can find him, where we can find rest, where we can find encounter with God in such a supernatural and powerful way. Hallelujah. Hi friends. For so many years, I lived with condemnation, frustrated that I didn't fully measure up. Then the Holy Spirit began to reveal the truth that I was loved, set free, and defined by the performance of Jesus, not by my good works. Such a basic truth, but I didn't really understand it. Let me help you fully grasp the goodness of God and how He's designed us to live supernaturally as new creations. Imagine if you were truly supernaturally free from sin and shame, free to follow the desires that God's placed in your heart. In my new book, Supernatural Freedom, I give you simple keys to unlock the freedom that you were designed to live in every day. Even the other night, um, I, I just took a moment and I was worshiping the Lord and I felt like the Lord asked me to sing him one of the songs I'd written like 20 years ago. And my reaction actually when he asked me that was like, oh God, <laughs> almost like, um, you know, an, a niece or a nephew would react to an old aunt or, or uncle that would say, oh, won't you just sing us that song? And I was like, okay, God. And just me and him alone. And I just began to sing this song that I'd, I'd written to him years ago. And as I did, I suddenly had this magnificent vision of, the, of wings, huge wings over me. And I, it was so beautiful, I began to laugh. I began to giggle with delight. And I was caught up in this glorious encounter with God just through 
responding to a little invitation, won't you sing that song for me? And you know, at any given moment, you and I can be lifted up by the wings of the Holy Spirit, taken into the place, the secret place, where we can be surrounded by supernatural peace, where He can come and He can quiet and calm our souls, where He can bring supernatural, supernatural peace, peace that's beyond our understanding, hallelujah. But then he goes on and he, he talks about how difficult it is and he, he's unafraid to be very vulnerable with God, be very real with God. And you know, when you pray, God, God loves to hear your voice and you don't have to put on a veneer or a front. You don't have to be religious. You can be very real with him because God wants to be your help. Real prayers, um, genuine cries for help get genuine results, genuine help from the Father. He loves to heal, heal you, he loves to help you, he loves to respond to our voices. He goes on here in um, voice, verse 12, for it's not an enemy who reproaches me that I could bear it, nor is it one who hates me who has exalted himself against me. Then I could hide myself from him. But it's you, a man, my equal, my companion and my familiar friend with whom we had sweet fellowship, walked in the house of God in the throng. And he's just bemoaning to God like, oh God, this is so painful. It's so painful to be betrayed by, by someone that I considered a friend. And you know, God knows no matter what situation you're walking through, God understands he's been betrayed by his friends. You think about Judas and Jesus. Can you imagine how he must have felt? Even knowing it was coming, yet, he experienced the same pains that you and I experience, hallelujah. Then in verse 16, he says this, as for me, I shall call upon the Lord and the Lord will save me. And this is where David turns from, oh God, it's so hard, it's so difficult, it's so awful. It's not wrong to be real with God like that. And God doesn't want you to pretend everything's okay. He wants you to be able to pour out your complaint to the Lord. He wants you to be able to tell him how you're feeling. But then he wants to turn your fears and your worries into decrees that begin to say, like David said, as for me, I shall call upon God and the Lord will save me. Can you hear him making this powerful declaration? Evening and morning and at noon, I will complain and murmur and he will hear my voice. He will redeem my soul in peace from the battle which is against me. For there are many who strive with me. God will hear and answer. You know, I, I find it fascinating as we look at the life of David and Paul and Peter, we look at the life of Jesus, we see that in this world we do have trouble. And sadly, it's a reality. While we live on the earth, there is an enemy who hates us we do have trouble. God doesn't promise that we will have a life that is trouble free, but he does promise us that in everything we can trust him to make it work for our good, that in everything we can trust him to give us the victory, hallelujah. And God, he goes on and he, he, um, he keeps making 
declarations and he keeps talking about, oh God, it was just like this and this is painful and oh God, it was so hurtful. His words were smooth like butter, but then they were false. And he talks to God exactly how he's feeling. And then he reminds himself again. He says this in verse 22. Cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. I love this. You know, when you have trouble, he says, cast your care on the Lord for he will sustain you. In that we have such a privilege that no matter what we walk through, we have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit who's not just a bystander, but he is the one who saves and redeems. He is the one who makes all things work for our good. He is the one who will hear and save us. Hallelujah. So we don't have to be afraid. And he keeps going on and says, I will trust in you. You know, God wants you to know that you can trust him. And I love though, as I was reading this this afternoon, I love here in verse 22, where he says, he will never allow the righteous to be shaken. And I thought about this. David is referring to himself as the righteous, knowing all that he has done in his past. Imagine having that on your conscience, that you've killed one of your most faithful mighty men. You've murdered them because you were trying to cover up the fact that you got his wife pregnant. I mean, that's really awful. And yet David refers to himself here as the righteous. I look at that and I think that's amazing. You know, he, he, when he um, was confronted, he repented. When Nathan confronted him, he repented in sackcloth and ashes and, and, um, and acknowledged his sin. He didn't hide it from God. He said, Lord, I've sinned against you and you alone, and he repented. But having repented, we see here later, David referring himself to himself as the righteous and making declarations. He'll never allow the righteous to be shaken. He will save me. And you know, you and I living under a new covenant, you and I have the, the same privilege only in a more glorious, far exceeding covenant. We, having repented, having acknowledged our sin to the Lord, don't have to live forever defined by what we've done before. We don't have to consider ourselves disqualified. I remember when I was younger and I'd read these beautiful Psalms and they'd say, these are the promises for the righteous, things like this. He'll never allow the righteous to be shaken. And I'd think to myself, oh, I don't think I really qualify to deserve that promise. But you know, God wants you to believe that having put your faith in the Redeemer, having come to him and said, Lord, have mercy on me. I have sinned before you. Having turned from your sin and received the grace of Jesus, God doesn't want you living uh, as a, a, 
a victim of what you've done. He doesn't want you living identified by the sins of your past. He wants you to believe that he has made you righteous. The Bible tells us that the righteous shall live by faith. He also tells us that in Christ, it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. It's not just a nice idea. It's something that gives God pleasure when you actually believe it. I want to challenge you today. Do you believe you are righteous? You may have sinned. It's unlikely you've sinned as badly as David, though you may. But no matter what you've done, if David could be called righteous, how much more could we through the blood of the everlasting uh, glorious Savior, through the blood of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, how much more can we say, I am redeemed? The Bible says that he doesn't remember your sins anymore. He makes no mention of past sins. As far as the east is from the west, he separated your, your sin from you. Can the east and west ever meet? No. Your sin isn't chasing you down to catch you up. You're not gonna have to end up paying for what you've done. This isn't a cycle of karma. God has redeemed you from the curse of the law and he has offered you a new identity. He's offered you righteousness. You might say, well, you know, I did. I received Jesus as Lord and then I did something really terrible and now I could never consider myself righteous. Well, you could say, if you look at it as a type and shadow here with David, David, he sinned after he became king. And yet he repented and he still went on to call himself righteous. He was calling himself righteous before and he was calling himself righteous afterwards. And in the middle of it, he was repenting and saying, that was wrong, I'm so sorry. And God doesn't condemn him. He doesn't write this Psalm and say, Oh, I'm so miserable, I'm guilty, I deserve all of this. Instead, he, he makes declarations in the midst of declaring, I am the redeemed of the Lord, my God will save me. He will not let the righteous be shaken. He is putting his faith in the goodness of God. You know, God today wants you to put your faith in the goodness of God. He doesn't want you to buy into a lie that you could never be free, that you are defined by something you've done in the past. He's not wanting to define you by your bad attitudes or the sins of, of your past. He wants you to today run into his arms, soar with him in the, in the uh, wings of the Holy Spirit and allow him to restore your soul. Psalm 23 says this, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. God wants you to respond to the cry that he's putting in your heart. Oh, that I had the wings of a dove that I could fly away and be at rest. Behold, I would, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. God wants you to say, God, in the midst of all my troubles, I want and I long, Lord, to be at rest with you in the secret place. And you know what? 
the doors are not closed to you. He says, knock and it will be opened. Every time you come to him, he says, he is greater than even how you feel. The Bible tells us that even if your heart condemns us, he is greater than your heart. He tells us that he is the father of the prodigal son, a son who was in the house, who was a son, who ran away, did all the wrong things, really terrible sins, came home, and the moment he approached home, the, the moment he started to put his faith in the goodness of the father, the father ran towards him, wrapped his arms around him, kissed him, put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet, a robe around him, restored all the authority, and he didn't deserve it. You know, that's who God is. Jesus told that story so we'd understand what the Father's like. He makes no mention of past sins. You aren't pleasing God by beating yourself up and thinking to yourself, well, I, I don't deserve anything. I'm, I'm a sinner. You know, if you believe that, then you are not being the righteous who live by faith. You are disobeying God, it is unbelief if you have received Jesus as Savior. But if you have not, then your sin is weighing upon you and God wants to take away the burden of guilt. Guilt's a good thing. It helps us remember and recognize right from wrong but the only way guilt can be removed is by faith in the Savior, Jesus Christ. When we come to him and we say, Lord, I can't pay for my sin. I believe the wages of sin is death. But God, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came to earth as a man, that he lived and he died on the cross for my sin. And I receive him now as my Savior, as my Lord. I repent, I give you my sin, my old life, my crookedness, everything about me that's crooked, everything sinful, I give it to you. And in faith, I receive the mercy of Jesus. I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. The Bible says that he, he comes into your life and makes you new on the inside. He makes you a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. If you sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You bring him your mess, he'll bring you his righteousness. You bring him your ashes, he'll bring you his beauty. God doesn't want you to live beating yourself up. He wants you to believe in the beating that he took for you. He wants you to believe in the mercy that he has for you. You know, I really believe that um, God wants to speak to many of you today through these Psalms. He wants you to recognize and find your voice in here. These have been written, these words in this book have been written as living words to bring life and encouragement to you. That same God who rescued David, that same God that David was declaring, as for me, I will call upon the Lord and the Lord will save me, that same God wants to do the same for you. If you'll call upon him, if you'll say, Lord, hear my voice, I need your help, have mercy on me, 
The Father is running toward you. He wants to wrap his arms around you. He wants to cover you with the feathers of his wings. He wants to restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. He wants to bring you beauty instead of ashes. And he wants to give you peace where you've had anxiety and turmoil. And he wants to give you righteousness where you've carried guilt and shame. But it's all about divine exchange. You have a choice. God doesn't want you to carry the burden of guilt. He doesn't want you to carry the burden of shame or the burden of anxiety. He doesn't want you to carry and live in fear, though it's normal and okay to be afraid. Instead, he wants you to bring those fears to him. He wants you to bring those anxieties. He wants you to bring the sin to him and receive in exchange his mercy, his peace, and his grace. Do you know the Savior today? He so longs to help you. I, today I wanna encourage you to put your trust in Jesus for he is faithful and he is true. It says here in Psalm 56, um, verse eight, you've taken account of my wanderings, put my tears in your bottle, are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, God is for me. God is for you. He puts your tears in a bottle. He stores and numbers everyone. And he does that because he loves you and he cares for you. And he doesn't want you to live suffering with fear and anxiety. In this world, we do have trouble, but take heart. He's overcome the world and he wants today to be your great saviour, your great helper. He wants to be your deliverer and your healer. So Father, today I pray for everyone watching, Lord, that you would touch them, that you'd heal them, that you'd deliver them. I pray for your presence to be so real in their living rooms right now in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.